0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Journey Now, produced by Journey Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. For more information on Journey Church and our gatherings, visit journeytn.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the Journey Now podcast. Yours truly, Mike Erie here. On uh, Mondays, we drop episodes that uh, I have the very great privilege of talking to some great conversation partners about some of the doubts, ambiguities, mysteries, tensions in the Christian faith. The goal of Mondays is just to give people permission to ask some of these big questions, to wrestle honestly with them, and to remind us, of course, that God isn't uh, frightened by any of this, and the church should be, in theory, the safest place to talk about anything. Today, my dance partner is Timothy Ryan Skipper. Ladies and gentlemen, Say hello, Timothy. Say hello to the vast internet audience of Journey Now. Internet audience, what up? (laughs) And I got one thing to say to you, Mike. Yes, sir. O-H. O-I-O. Now, Timothy, tell us all about your love for Ohio and your love for things Columbus. Just briefly. Before I mean, this is the most important part of what we have to talk about today, but just tell us briefly about your love for Ohio State. Oh,
1: man. It, It goes deep. Four generations deep, my family uh, has existed in Columbus. I was the first one to move away. Uh, I feel, still feel a little guilt about that. But (laughs) (laughs) man, it is just the love for all things Ohio State, for all things Columbus, for
0: the Columbus Blue Jackets, for the crew, the Clippers. Talk to me. me. Yeah, man. Are we going to be best friends? I think we're going to be be best friends. So Mondays, what we do on Mondays is that we we talk uh, around this list of uh, I got them from somebody who's not uh, not a faith kind of person. And they called them toxic Christian beliefs, and my experience of these is that yes, some of these are actually taught, but that for the most part, these are misrepresentations of what the Bible actually teaches about things. And so it's been it's been super interesting to go through some of these. And talk about how they've affected us and how we've kind of learned to grow beyond them. And our statement today is uh, the statement that emotions are not to be honored and listened to; only God's truth should be valued. And uh, to kind of get into this topic, I thought we would start all the way back, Timothy Ryan. Let's let's talk hmm. about childhood, growing up in Columbus. What was what was church Christian culture? What was that like for you, if any? Did you yeah. grow up in uh, with an inherited sort of belief system?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I went to uh, a Baptist church growing up, so we were uh, faithful set, uh, Sunday morning, evening, and Wednesday evening. Oh, wow! I was in Sparks. I was in Awana.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> I yes. did the
1: whole thing. Yes, you so, did. Yeah. Oh. it was pretty it, it was fairly okay, so this is my opinion. i I thought it was fairly strict, um fairly mm. fundamentalist. Um, my sister or my parents might see that a little differently, but uh you know, we weren't allowed to have guitar in the church. I wasn't allowed mm. to listen to rock music, mm. um not even striper, not even striper. Dang no, it. like Michael W. Smith was pushing it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah i think we can say that strict i think we can i think we can say that safely that was yeah strict. for sure so that's
1: kind of the frame that i was given and uh i've always been uh, relatively shame prone which mm. made me a perfect mark for this type of religion where uh shame could be wielded in such a way as to keep people in line legalism wow. was um was a A pretty good way to and and it wasn't you know as I reflect on it it wasn't all bad like that was a really really good structure a really first order to sort of build my box in my Mm. construct Um, so that that's kind of how I grew up religiously Uh, by the time I got in middle school I was sneaking the rock albums into my you know into my uh, boom box at home yeah yeah. And uh, just falling in love with Nirvana and Metallica and ACDC. And uh, and by that time, I'd started going to a Methodist church for youth group purposes and mm. uh, and then a vineyard after that. And so I started to kind of open up and expand my
0: mm-hmm. uh, sort of religious um, wings, I guess. So the you mentioned the shame factor and and the... The, the ability of some unhealthy religious environments and leaders to really appeal to that, whether they know it or not as a basis for kind of holy living or whatever. Tell me, can you tell me a little bit more about how you started unpacking that? Like, when did you realize that shame was sitting at the core of some of this and that you were filtering the religious teaching through that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think i had an inkling of it when i was in high school Hmm. uh but but i just had i didn't have the courage to uh uh to really i guess uh, tackle it at that time uh Hmm. i remember being maybe six years old and i had just gotten a nintendo and uh you know in super mario brothers when you're running away from the ghost yeah it can follow you, but when you turn back and look at it, it stops, <laughs> you know, I it, do. You know, I know exactly. Yes. Yeah. I can picture. So, so I had this crisis one night where I couldn't sleep the whole night because I was under the impression that the devil was in California and he was coming to get me. And for every moment that I wasn't singing praise songs or praying, uh, it was as if he was that ghost who was coming towards me. But as soon as I started praying or singing praise songs, he stopped. Wow! And it was—I I didn't sleep for for probably two or three nights in a row because of that. Because I was like, I, I'm going to get got. I'm going to, I, and and I'm going to go to hell. And I'm going to be wow. possessed. And I'm going, you know. And yeah. So that was sort of the frame that that I grew up with. But really, I didn't start attacking that shame. Uh, gosh, man, probably, you know, because in my 20s, I got real cynical about it. Mm-hmm. And then in my late 20s, early 30s was when I really started to go, oh, my gosh, I think I grew up in a uh, a pretty uh, shame dominant culture that uh, I had my part in, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but it's turned toxic, you know, uh, the, the, the shame has been has turned toxic and I don't think that's what God ever said about me was that mm. you're you're the worst you know yeah. all those the voices of shame that I felt
0: oh my goodness bro that's so good and so true so the so the messages regarding emotions at least early on were all shame related these weren't positive these were not like love hope joy <laughs> You nothing yeah. along those lines. It was fear, shame, guilt. That's exactly right. Yeah. Oh, yep.
1: Wow. And um anger was frowned upon and 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 mm. don't and loneliness was like, you know, there's a lot of should. You know what I mean? Like should oh, yeah. is such a shaming word. And I heard should in everything.
0: Wow. You should feel this. You shouldn't do this. You know. So. and and we can agree that that wasn't particularly helpful in a young man's journey into (laughs) trying to figure out what healthy adulthood looks like. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. When did you, um, as you came to, you started, you started seeing the shame piece. When did you begin to wake up to the idea that other emotions were welcome in the whole God conversation?
1: Uh, I think that that really didn't start for me until, um, I got married and Mm. my lovely wife, Stephanie, she, uh, she challenged me with a book called the voice of the heart by chip Dodd. Mm. And he breaks down in that book, the eight in his sort of curriculum, there are eight core feelings and none of them are bad. There there's, there's gifts to all of them and there's impairments to all of them. Mm. But she really encouraged me to read that book and I, you know, I took it so literally and cynically that I was like the voice of the heart, what the heart has, a, the heart speaks. That, right. What are you talking about? This doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Um, but when, uh, when things really fell apart for us and a lot of hiding and lying and a lot of the ways that this sort of toxic shame had manifested In my personal life Mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, where I felt like I had to stay hidden. Um, It all came out and it was a mess and it was an absolute mess. And I read that book again and I, and and I got in a group, uh, a counseling group with a bunch of of guys Mm -hmm. where it was based around these eight feelings where you just tell the truth about what you're feeling, when you're feeling them and you kind of practice in this group and then you bring it out in the real world. Wow. But that was when I really started to understand and and, and then I started to see it in the Bible. I started to see all these stories about like you know Jeremiah is just brutal when, <laughs> when he talk, when he's angry with God for what has happened to him. Wow. Um you know and, and and Jacob wrestling with God and then being called Israel, you know, the one who struggles with God just that's welcome. I'm allowed to do that.
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That's so, it's so shocking. I think for a lot of us to recognize the Bible's far more honest than we've ever been allowed to be.
1: Oh yes.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's sure. so bro. That's so compelling to hear the, that moment when I remember a spiritual director for me once said, Hey, why don't you learn to cuss when you pray? Mm, and I was yeah. horrified. I was, I mean, <laughs> there was something deeply, and I still can't even do it, you know, but, yeah, but yeah. her, her point was prayer is not a time to be good. It's a time to be honest. Yeah. And I agreed with that, but until I started tasting it and coming out of hiding, right. There wasn't the, there yeah. wasn't the um, growth and transformation that I'd been promised. Yes. Um, so, so, so therapy was instrumental for you. I, I'm for here, sure for sure. Yeah. How yeah. did, how did, how did that reconcile with the Christian upbringing you had that I'm assuming would, would frown on, um, yeah. therapy? Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that's a really good
1: question. I, I think I certainly had to, uh, beat my way out of that paper bag, um, yeah. Because it, you know, there's just, it's, it's such a functional part. It's almost like it seeps into your DNA and you have to fight against the very nature that you inherit uh, to go, is this really okay? Yeah. Um, but I think, I think the biggest thing for me was, um, was when I finally did give myself over to like this you know there's there's some abuse in, in the past in, in my story and um, and I just never dealt with it because I hid it because I was embarrassed. I was humiliated. Mm. Um, and, and, and then you know it has to it, it's gonna come out sideways. Yep. And and so but then I wanted it to come out um, you know just I, I didn't want it to come out sideways. I wanted it to come out front ways. And so what that looked like for me was very counterintuitive to what I'd been told, and what it looked like is exactly what you just talked about. It was middle fingers in the air. It was God, how dare you? I'm so angry. Uh, why would you ever let anything like this happen? Mm-hmm. And ex- fully expecting to be just shot down the lightning bolt. Like how oh, dare God. you question me? But what happened was I felt the presence of the Lord draw me closer, hold me closer. And and also say, you know, the spirit of the Christ say, I weep with you. I weep with you that this happened. Um, that was transformative. And that sort of uh, opened me up to, um, well, is there anything I can't bring to you? Uh, <laughs> my hurt, my loneliness, my fear. Is there anything I can't bring to you? and yeah i mean that's that's rev- revelation that's revolution it's like everything man
0: yeah yeah really really whole new perspective yeah so how how is a church community um do we embody that kind of permission like where where do you see the church and i mean just the capital c church where do you see the capital c church Uh, falling short in that? what does a non shame based religion look like? Hmm. Um, You know, as as you um, as you enter into, you know, more adulthood, um, and we look back on these sorts of things, how do we train the people coming up behind us? You know, just I love I love some of your thoughts about how you would do this differently, knowing what you know now.
1: Uh, that, that's a really good question. And I, I think that, um, the best way I I have an anecdote of, of the best way I can explain this. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've been in recovery now for about five years. Uh, and I, you know, when I first started, uh, Stephanie and I were touring at the time when, when I first got into recovery and, and, uh, we were singing cute, happy love songs and that just wasn't going to happen with what was going on with us. And so, I didn't have anything to do, I didn't have a job, I didn't have, uh, you know, I was like, I don't know what's, I didn't know if my marriage was gonna end, we're sleeping in separate bedrooms for about five months, and it was just, uh, but my counselor said to me, and he's like, what would it look like if you made recovery your full-time job mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future? I was like, yeah, I think I can do that, I don't have anything else to do, so <laughs> let me do that. And what I saw at at, at some point, fairly early in recovery, there was somebody in there that was so angry about something or another. And, you know, there's the, there's the little coffee table. That's just got the worst coffee you've ever had in your life. And, uh, and, and he was so angry that he just, he was screaming and yelling. And eventually he goes over and he flips that table and he starts walking out and the room's kind of silent. And a guy goes, Hey, and I thought to myself, I know I've been in religious like environments. I know they're about to scold this guy, and, and I know exactly what's going to happen. He's going to be excommunicated. I yeah. know, I know yeah. how this goes here. And the guy stops and he looks back, and the guy who had just yelled "Hey" said, "Keep coming back." And the guy who was about to walk out, he starts welling up with tears, and he goes, "I will," and he walks out. <laughs> And it was like, oh, my gosh, if religious systems could be like this, Mm. where it's like you can throw your tantrum because you don't know what to do yet with all the feelings that you're having with all of the uh, with all of the, the just crap that comes along with life, like the tragedy in the midst of the faithfulness of God, if that can happen and then the group can say, hey, Keep coming back there's still something
0: here for you like, gosh how beautiful is that <laughs> bro oh, that's incredible and 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 as somebody who uh my first experience to tennessee was going to a place called on site yes which is this retreat center outside of nashville and i got i got put into a group uh, of guys that were such humongous sexual sinners yeah. Uh, I mean far far more than anything I could ever conceive of. <laughs> and 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 I fit right in, but um I'd never been in a place that honest uh in my life. And yeah. it, there was so much transformation that happened just with that permission. Mm. So bro, I I really resonate with that Tim. And and I'm yeah. proud of you know as I've I've gotten to know you just a little bit, just so proud of the work it takes to walk out of that shame it's it's immense so Mm -hmm. man really appreciate your honesty and your vulnerability and i resonate almost completely with everything you're saying I, i what you're saying is true and i think it's of jesus um when i watch how jesus interacted with people um it sounds very, very little like the way I see religious people interacting with non-religious people. yeah and um, you know uh, it's it's staggering to me how far far we have fallen in that regard. So I just want to say thank you man, for your time today and for sharing a bit of your story with us. Um, yeah. As always, we just invite you, the listener, to um, like and share, review, subscribe, rate, Um, Let us know how we're doing. Ask questions. Give us feedback. Um, You can find us kind of in any podcast application uh, if you look up Journey Now. Uh, Anyway, it is such an honor to talk with you, my friend. and such an honor to be a part of the lives of people who tune in. So thank you all. Till next time. If you enjoyed today's episode we would love it if you would share a screenshot of this episode to your instagram story and tag us at journey underscore tn and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app